0: Welcome to The Lisa Show and our book club. We are reading More Than a Body by Lindsay and Lexi Kite. And we're excited to discuss chapter four, part two. And when I say we, I mean my esteemed guest.
1: Hello, I'm Whitney Call and I am a writer and
0: comedian and a huge fan of this book. So we're excited you're here. And for those of you who are listening, you can also hop over to YouTube and watch our facial expressions as we get really excited about this book. (laughs) (laughs) and all the things that go on in it. Um, I want to dive right back into uh, where we left off in Mm -hmm. part one. Mm -hmm. We talked about, you know, the constant pressure and and how the message is for women to take up less space. And I want to start, too, on something that they mentioned right in the middle of chapter four, which is girls versus boys dress codes. Mm. And I thought it was really interesting when they talked about the dress codes for men, it's like one sentence. Yeah. For women, it's like paragraph Isn't upon that insane paragraph about how a woman should appear. Yeah. And we could just simplify them. And I'm wondering what your experience has been with sort of dress codes and how you feel they should be, you know, pre- presented in the future or how you're moving forward in the future.
1: I have thoughts, Lisa, and um, my first note in here says big boobs. (laughs) Got it. All right. (laughs) Because I am a person with a large chest, and I've always had a large chest, and so every item of clothing I've worn has been deemed like—what's the word? Uh, What's that L word? Lurid, lurid. Oh. Lurid. And I'm not, like, you can—this is usually how I dress. Right. Right? Like, I don't
0: really go crazy. For those of you listening, she's wearing a cute jumper. Oh, thank you. And a T-shirt. So, yes, yes, nothing nothing unusual. Yeah, and
1: nothing trying to show anything off. So, I've had that kind of feeling many times where I've been breaking a dress code by wearing the same exact clothing that someone else would wear, but my body is different. And it's being objectified. And so I think I've just personally had that mindset of I don't want to um, to have to stare at a woman's body so much to regulate something that honestly is up to all of us. I have three boys, and I have also— like a lot of experience in, um, sex addiction and lust addiction with family members of mine. And so I actually had a friend once who was like, Hey, since you, um, have like been through all of this trauma with your own experiences, does it ever frustrate you when your friends are around this family member who, um, you know, is struggling with this and they're like in a sports bra or they're in yoga pants or something like that. Hmm. And I—this I, I this was even while I was, like, really still deep in my recovery work, and I was probably very in trauma a lot, but I still had this, like, very passionate response of absolutely not. I think, like, my friends, if they want, could walk down the street naked, and it is up to that family member— to be able to respond how they need to respond. Now, obviously, can we be courteous? Can we be aware that maybe people are struggling with things? Of course, but it is not our job. It is not my job to control someone else's thoughts. And I just, I love now that we're starting to take that turn when it comes to dress code, to modesty, because modesty to me has always meant, are you trying to take attention and bring it on yourself? Mm. And honestly, like sometimes I do that with fully covered clothing. Right. So With fashion. With fashion, with, you know, all these different things. And so to me, it's more like, what is the intention here? If you know your intention, then you can adjust how you want to adjust. Just be comfortable. Mm -hmm. And honestly, most people probably aren't comfortable with the kind of clothes that we think are just like, really extreme, right? Most people aren't that comfortable. You can see, they I mean, they bring it up in the book here how you can see people like tugging at things or looking in the mirror, pulling down their skirt, things like yeah. that. It's, it its isn't very comfortable to dress like that because you feel the eyes on you. But if you are comfortable, 100%, I think it is everyone else's job to plan on what how they want to receive that information. So that's how I parent my boys now is mm-hmm. like, look... It is up to—I mean, they're they're six—well, they're seven, five, and four. So I obviously don't go into a ton of detail with them. But I talk to them so much about objectification. So when we watch a movie, which— all of my nostalgic movies do tons of objectification, but you know, you can have a fully clothed woman and if the camera is panning up her body, we stop the movie and we talk to our kids and we say, why do you think they're, the camera's focusing so much on her body right now? Why do you think they're talking about this? Why do you, you know, we just want to open a conversation to be like, this is a real person, but the camera yeah. is wanting us to focus on her body.
0: Being aware of the thought When we process. just make it
1: aware, I think mm. that's the first step that we can do for our kids of just like, wow, isn't it funny that people want to just focus on a body so much when you know
0: there's so much more to you than your knees or your your finger? And they're like, yeah, why do we do that? And making it, I like how you are making it like a logical response to it. Yeah. And saying it instead of the, just making the assumption. Um, I love on 189, it, this reminded me of when you were talking about uh, that The truth is, when we stop giving beauty the power to make us, we take away its power to break us. And I thought that was interesting—that a lot of people who make those comments about people's bodies or what they're wearing or how Mm -hmm. this isn't a you know this and that and the other haven't done that deep work themselves. Yeah, and that sort of messaging is 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 hard, and they're having a reaction Mm -hmm. as well. And it's been interesting. Most of my kids are grown and making a lot of their own, and they all make their own decisions about what they wear. Mm -hmm. And I have found, um, and and I thought, I'm going to be really good about this, right? Like I'm going to be so enlightened and just be like, I don't, I don't care. You're more than a body. (laughs) And what we wear, things that are appropriate to the activity and that we feel comfortable in and what message are we trying to say about ourselves Mm -hmm. and signal to the world. And what I didn't realize that I haven't that I'm not very good at it, is that beyond, like, it, it, it doesn't mean just sexualization yeah. of, of dressing, but there's, like, certain styles and there's yeah. certain ways of presenting yourself to the world that I just don't like personally yes, and would never do for myself. Yes. That my kids love. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and that also, if, if... I have found it really hard to bite my tongue. Yeah. And um not objectify them of as far as this sort of presentation that you're making to the world on how you dress and how you look, your body, what you do with your body yeah. is um is more important than our relationship or right. more important than your ideas or is this all we're gonna talk about? Right. And it's been a lot harder than I than I thought it would, you know? I and it's imagine. Just it's just a different aspect though of this. Yeah. So. Because I like how they're saying like when you compliment somebody if you're always worried about like what they're wearing yeah. or how they look you're missing other things like do you admire her strength talent fashion choices words or actions say it skip the other stuff yep yep and i and i thought yeah the uh, the what we're trying to do is to be kind yeah it, it for me it's easier to be generous i don't know why this is like i probably shouldn't be revealing this but like <laughs> It's easier to be generous to like strangers than it is like your own family. Oh, members. sure. Like with your kids, you're like, yeah, but we don't do we we. This is our culture. This is our culture, yeah. and this is how I want you guys to. Yeah. And it and um, but I realize that that can be a huge uh, roadblock to yeah. really talking about more interesting things and and connecting with somebody. Yeah. But it's all this idea of how they look being more important than um than anything else.
1: And you know, that hyper focus. It's probably also coming from a place of fear, right? Where it's
0: like, you, 100%. you
1: want, you want what's best. You, mm-hmm. you want them to be like making the best choices so that they don't run into things that are painful or hard yeah. or that other people are going
0: to judge them. Other people them. are going to think this about you. Right, right. That totally
1: makes sense. And I've sense. even
0: said that. And yeah. and I, and I, here's the thing, it didn't work. It's not helpful. Yeah. And I do think that it is hurtful and i feel bad about
1: it. It's funny because I don't have kids yet who make their own choices. Um, That's not true. But, you know, like that, those kind of
0: choices. Yeah, where they live on their own. Right. Mm -hmm.
1: But I remember when I was 17, I told my parents I wanted to shave my head. And my parents were not happy. And my dad actually asked me if I would feel comfortable meeting the prophet of my church with a shaved head. Okay. Um, And he talked about how
0: if my dad listens to this, he's going (laughs) to feel so embarrassed. No, but he's like, I'm your dad in this scenario. So go ahead. This is place.
1: He just like I think he was really scared that that yeah. would then be a gateway to me then making all these choices that you know the Sinead O'Connors of the world are making and and she's created some really great art she,
0: she but <laughs> to be fair like my whole thing would be like well then if you do that then you probably won't become the president of the United States right. like you're closing you know, doors for yourself they're closing is- opportunities. Ridiculous. It makes sense, it, right? But it makes sense in my head.
1: Totally. And I see where he's coming from. I did eventually shave my head when I was 32. Okay. And a lot of people thought I was sick, but... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I that's had, another... <laughs> yeah. But you know, honestly, like, I think my parents by that point had recognized enough of the choices I had made, I found my way out of. So when I shaved my head, they were just like, okay. So, you know, it's the fears that I think we realize, like, your fears probably will come true a little bit. Yeah. And we'll get through them. Right. So if we're going to make that mm -hmm. that comment about someone's appearance and we recognize it's probably also coming from insecurity or how I worry people are going to focus on it, if I can get past that, oh, there's so much more interesting things to talk
0: about right there. If I put it in the same category as like, why is she wearing a red shirt? Yeah. You know, you're like, no one cares. No one cares. No one cares if it's a red shirt or a blue shirt. Mm-hmm. But I, for whatever reason, am, am really worked up about that. Then that's saying something mm-hmm. about, yeah, my fear about that. And I hope that we're like working our way to a more enlightened society where, yeah. where we realize everyone's going to make different choices and that's okay and— they can I'm going to call President you the in 15
1: years you'll be like, oh, yeah. Whitney, I was I'll, I'll where be like, you once were.
0: I don't know. Let's <laughs> go get some nachos. That's what I'll say. I'll have no answers. Um, moms, caregivers, and loved ones can and should step in to mediate looks-based comments directed Ugh. at young girls when possible on awesome? 193. And I wanted to ask you what your opinion is about that. Oh, 100%. I'm what do you person- think that looks like? Well,
1: I can't shut up when I love when I feel really strongly about something. It's created I'm not the person to take to Thanksgiving dinners oh, because yeah, you are. I will I talk. Go to Thanksgiving I you. will talk. <laughs> and so after this book, 100%, yeah. I was like, "Well, actually, we don't need to talk about that because this person is more than that. I probably could be softer in how I talk <laughs> to people about this. But 100%, I I think it's maybe what we were talking about before of just if we can be vulnerable about this and and let someone know, like, actually, like, I know, like, comments like this actually were really hard for me. See, for me, I think it's, it's helpful to stay in the I and the me. When I go into the you and the we, it starts to put people on their defense. Mm-hmm. So for me, I can maybe— um, intervene in these situations by by turning it into my experiences. And I know that when people have said this about me, it's actually been really difficult. And so I, I actually really love how this person does this. And I want to talk about that. I don't always say it in like that neat of packaging. It probably more comes out as like, And she's really good at sports. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I'm trying. I'm doing my best. And they are too. And when I just say that to myself every time, then I think I can usually come out with a little bit more compassion. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that creates space for other people to do it as well because Mm -hmm. it is a clunky thing. And it Mm -hmm. is awkward sometimes. We've all, I don't know, I've had that situation where you're like, oh, you look so pretty. And you're also very smart. And I'm— proud of you for everything that you're accomplishing, you know? And and I think that's okay. I like that we're acknowledging, you know, in in kindness. And I think that the people that we surround ourselves with hopefully give us that sort of grace to be able to change habits and to set people up for success.
1: I think if we're open and vulnerable, that grace will meet us, right? It's the same as like, when you're meeting someone who maybe identifies themselves different from how you're used to using pronouns yeah, and I'm still will mess up sometimes when I meet someone and i I'm so sorry and I feel mortified because I want this person to feel comfortable I right. want them to you know, but I think like if i offer like my, my uh, commitment and vulnerability, they usually will meet me with grace and be like, I'm just glad you're trying. Absolutely. And I'm, you know, here with you. So I think we, if we as women, as people can also just meet each other with, I'm so sorry. Like I almost texted you the other day when I, when I mentioned that you, uh, that your leather j- joggers looked so cool. I wanted to text you afterwards and be like, I did it. I, I, I met you and the first thing I said was image based. <laughs> and I'm so like hyper focused on not trying to do that. I do the same thing though. <laughs> I do. I should have sent the text, but I'm telling
0: you now on air because it's worth more. <laughs> I like uh- it. And is it okay? Like, and also I think if if it's not focused, then those conversations and those things, we don't have to totally watch our language. Yeah. And we can give each other um. The benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. and not be so easily, you know, offended. I didn't even think twice about that. <laughs> and I'm also, I do know too that you and I both like fashion too. Yeah, and so I feel like sometimes we don't need to be betray fashion. Right. I mean, it was <laughs> in the spirit of fashion. We like it, and that's right. a good thing too. Yeah. But again, I think it's the intent, right? Yeah. It was the intent of of it, and yeah. I and um. But that idea about being vulnerable, I think, is the key yeah. to it. You know, I remember one time when I lost a lot of weight and it wasn't healthy and I was grieving mm-hmm. and going through a horrible time. Mm-hmm. And so if when somebody was like, oh, you look great, you lost weight, it was like a dagger in my heart because I just thought I'd rather be fat and happy. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like this, like, I, but that was coming from a place of me just being, just like, it was all. Grief, I was in right? the worst place yeah. in my life, and so. And how was that person supposed to know? Right. That's what I mean. Like. I, I, You know, that person, I'm not mad at them. It wasn't inappropriate. Like at the time, they weren't trying to be mean or whatever. I'm just saying that by taking a step back at a time where now I feel good about it or whatever, I'm not holding grudges and I'm not saying, oh my gosh, now what can I say? Well, no, I can't say anything. I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying, isn't it interesting, these patterns and these trends, and that being aware of them can make us connect more deeply with people. Oh, yeah. So instead, if somebody knew something like that, To be like, how are you feeling about this? Is this good or bad? You tell me. It doesn't. I just want to talk about it. It doesn't need to be. Doesn't need to be a minefield. No.
1: I think it's more just now we have all these doors that we can walk through and understand more. Yeah.
0: Yeah. In fact, they even have like a a quiz about that. Yeah. (laughs) I love that on one ninety five. So, like. Okay, if you know someone's lost weight and you don't know how or why she did it, what do you do? A, compliment, compliment, compliment. The more praise about it, the better. Number two, don't say anything. But next time you see her, throw a little like, you look so skinny. Or C, talk about anything else besides her looks, your job, your lunch, the dog walking (laughs) by, anything. (laughs) And it might seem like a trick question. And they're saying all compliments are nice, right? Mm -hmm. But most fluctuate. But think of it this way. Most of us fluctuate in weight for all kinds of reasons, mm-hmm. all kinds of reasons. So you've never looked better.
1: <laughs> is
0: Now, and I get this a lot because I'll be like, oh, my gosh, when you were pregnant. And keep in mind, I had five babies, so I was pregnant for years. The way you used to People look. will be like, oh, my gosh, you looked horrible. Don't ever You looked so that. uncomfortable. Remember how big your nose was? No. Like, people will still say oh, that to me Lisa. now. Like, you looked horrible. And I'm always like— yeah, it's growing a human being. I was all right. I had a lot. I had a lot going on, oh. you know. And also, like that's what my body did. Yeah. And also, who cares? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really tricky about that. But, um, but what the whole point of what they were saying is, is that you know, are you trying to say something? That means you should take up less space Mm -hmm. or are you saying something generous? Mm -hmm. And that's how you know what to say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. If we're just generous and we can be generous with ourselves and with others, Mm -hmm. I think think it starts with ourselves. You know, I think we're going to get those comments from people, Um, but we don't have to then, I think the thing I keep thinking now, they said it in this book and it just has been my paradigm shift is who told you? what size was the best size to be? Ooh. Who who was Ooh, it that yeah. said, this was how you needed to look? Yeah. Because if I think back on it, nobody right now is actively telling me that. They're parroting someone else's yeah. telling them that at some point in their lives. So if we all just like, oh, I see, I see where it started. Then we can all just recognize with each other, like, we don't have to use that language. We can just be
0: kind. And that goes back to the dress code when mm-hmm. they're talking about, the, is the dress code for the person or is it for the watcher? Yeah. And and if we say, <sighs> says who? Or why should we do that? Or why is that bad? Or why is this? And kind of questioning that, then I think that it will reveal our motives. Yeah. And I think that's very, Um, they do acknowledge on the end of um page 200, and I wanted to make sure that I asked you about this, when we have very little control over what other people think when they look at us. (laughs) Um, And and so they suggest gender neutral standards Mm -hmm. to kind of like making it better for everybody, you know, and having inclusive dress policies, that kind of stuff. And I wondered, um, in in the end, um, they you know, talk about how they feel like this can be something that we all solve through like compassion. What do you think? How, how does that how have you seen that work?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think going back to what I had brought up about, you know, being in this business, you get exposed to a lot of um Uninvited opinions about the way you look. I remember there was someone on YouTube who ranked the female members of Studio C in order of appearance, um, and it has stuck with me. I, you know, there, there are all kinds of things that that people don't even recognize is going to stick
0: with someone, right? And again, that's how someone spends their time.
1: Yes, right. And you don't have any control over that. Right, I mean the whole, like my first process was, this is probably a really sad person in their parents' basement who has nothing going on, and this is how they make themselves feel better. But it still was, like, making me feel like I know where I came in on that ranking. It wasn't first. It wasn't second. And there are only three of us. So I went on with my life thinking, how do I still feel good about myself, even though I know there are plenty of people out there who are looking at me from that spot and are making judgments about it, and I come in contact with it. Yeah,
0: and you don't have any control over I it. I don't
1: have any control over it. Well, I did have control over whether I read comments, so I stopped doing that. <laughs> Probably good. <laughs> I It was just for many reasons mm. good to not read the comments. But also, I recognized, oh, I love, I love, love, love what Lindsay and Lexi say in here about how when we are seeing ourselves from the outside, we are giving privilege to another person's perspective. And I think mm. by this point in my life— I've I haven't I know I'm not there like yet where I'm wise beyond my years, but I've lived enough to know that I'm strong. I have lived enough to know that I am here now with the tools that I have gathered because of how I respond to situations. And the beautiful thing is, I know everyone else has those tools too. Everyone else is going through these circumstances where we're all just trying our best. Yeah. So sometimes we hurt people, sometimes per- people hurt us. But in the meantime, we're we're taking the tools we can from that situation and we're moving on. So, if I know that I've gotten here based on the things inside of me that someone's not going to see when they see me on the outside, I think it's more easy to first then respond with okay. That's what that's what you think. Like just, just a, a couple months ago, someone leaned out of their car when I was walking to pick up my son from school and shouted, lose some weight, you fat, and said a really bad word that is derogatory towards women. And I, oh my word. I like legitimately, my first thought was like, what is this person going through that made them lean out of their car and shouted a stranger like that? It was obviously like really jarring, but I think, like, just all the tools I've brought with me now made me realize, like, this person's in a really hard place, and they're not able to be compassionate right now. That's a
0: very generous <laughs> reaction.
1: I I was also in a Marco Polo, so I was like, ah! <laughs> but, like, I think just the more that we recognize we got here because of what's on our inside— yeah and then we have compassion for ourselves, then we can then start to turn that outwards and recognize like whatever this person is on the outside, there's so much that I don't understand that's going on inside for better or for worse that I can then have compassion for them. So I think just like over and over, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but like if I can then like peel away a little bit of that exterior, like you might not be able to know exactly what's going on with me, but I'm very happy to have a conversation if you want. You know, plenty of people will come up and ask me like, oh, you're Whitney, can I get a picture? And when I'm with my kids, I say, I don't take pictures when I'm with my kids, but I would love to have a conversation. And all of a sudden, they're no longer like a really annoying person who's bothering me while I'm out shopping. They are a person who has a name, who has a story. We maybe start talking about, like, their friends at school. You know, I just think, like, isn't it so beautiful that once we actually start telling each other, like, actually, like, I really struggle with that too, and Mm -hmm. it's okay, That then all of a sudden, all of us become these like gooey, like beautiful beings. Right. And are so like willing to like wanna share. (laughs) Exactly. I just think like vulnerability, vulnerability, like just Brene Brown all the way, right? Let's just pair with her and recognize that like we're going to come up against these little control over what people think when they look at us. And so the first thing we can do is just say, I'm doing my best, and I love myself. Yeah. And then you turn around and say, like, hey, if you want to be vulnerable, we can can unite. We can actually make something beautiful out of this. And this is
0: how the fourth chapter ends. Mm -hmm. And it's, in the end, compassion will unite us. When we learn, when we can learn to see ourselves and Mm -hmm. everyone else as more than a collection of parts to be seen, we can see our true humanity and all its complexity. And, yeah, we can bond with people— We use to write off as unworthy of our attention because of their looks. We can unite in vulnerability as we name our pain and help others see their value beyond their appearance. We can reduce the underlying tension we feel with people who comment on our bodies by calling it out and helping them see and say more. And we can band together to combat objectification, to identify it, uproot it, and replace it with opportunities to rise with resilience together. We aren't in this alone. We can make it. To a better destination in partnership with each other, and I really appreciate your vulnerability and coming in talking about all these things and how it's affected you. And I just, I just think that we all benefit from it, and that we we're more than body. It's... And I, and when we feel better about our body, we get permission for other people too as well, and we make it better for each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really sorry about that person that yelled it. And I'm you know what? not over it yet and I'm really angry. He's about
1: it. he's probably gonna go to jail soon. It's fine. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> probably. That's the side of me. I know. We're not perfect. We're still working on <laughs> compassion. I'm still like, that was beautiful. Also, what did his car look like? You know though? what? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> not helpful. Not helping.
1: You know what? It unites me with you. Thank so. you.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Oh, this has been a really great discussion. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and being here to talk about it. And thank you for listening to Lisa's Book Club for The Lisa Show. Um, Next time, we will be tackling Chapter 5. I hope you're reading along with us. (sighs)